Welcome back to the Flex Podcast, episode 23. Got a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world right now, so let's get right into it. Got Keith back on the podcast again. Always good. Excited to do this. So, first things first, we already know what's the main topic, Russia and Ukraine. We got, uh, I would like to call him Hitler, in the presidency of Russia. What, for our, for the listeners, what, what's the what's been happening? Well, Hitler analogy is pretty on topic on top um and it's very similar to the way the germans did it in world war ii the rest of the world was so threatened by them and they thought that de-escalation was the way to handle the guys so they basically let them run roughshod over eastern europe which is what hitler is what hitler did and is what putin's doing now the difference of course now is we have nuclear weapons so it's much more complex and i don't think there's a country on the planet that thinks it's a smart idea to start having no-fly zones and, and, and shooting at Russian military personnel in any capacity whatsoever. It's very complex. The Ukrainians are putting up one hell of a fight. Uh, ultimately, there's no way they're going to hold off the Russian army. It's a humanitarian crisis. And all I can say is the sanctions that the world is putting on Putin right now are inevitably going to work. They are shutting themselves off from the whole world in every capacity, financially, socially, diplomatically they're shutting themselves off and the rest of the world is is squeezing them and squeezing them tight there's no way that putin can survive that for too long there will be an uprising within his own country he miscalculated badly when it came to ukraine uh, you see people like our companies like uh, mcdonald's netflix um even crypto they're taking a big hit right now but the two uh mcdonald's and netflix and a whole bunch of other ones are actually have pulled out of uh Russia, that's a lot, especially for McDonald's. You see all the people that were lined up at the doors trying to get all their uh, last-minute Happy Meals and stuff? It was no, just, it no, was, it doesn't surprise me, though. It was crazy. Even in a time of war, yeah. McDonald's. Still coming up People still top. want their Big Mac. Yep. Um, that's a humanitarian crisis for some people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I would say who's done a very good job during this point is uh, Ukraine President Zelensky. I mean, if there was a award given to the president of the world... For the year, it would be him right now. Yeah, he's done a done a hell of a job. But so, you know, with all these sanctions and stuff, is it hurting other countries? You think? Well, I mean, obviously, we finally cut off uh, importing gas uh, from Russia to here, so it's going to hurt us. Our prices are going to go up even higher, and that that means everything. Inflation around the world is going to skyrocket. It's inevitable. You know, and it's really no one to blame for that, and it, for the high, high cost of inflation. Now, we could argue that it was it was, it was was going up long before the Russian invasion. But I think it's just the, the price the world's going to have to pay to deal with this guy right now, you know. Uh, but no one's going to pay a bigger price than Russia. They're not really a rich country anyway. Right. They have rich people, but their people are substandard. They live substandard, and they were finally, finally in the last 30 or 40 years, getting up to, to the, where the, the rest of the world was, the Western the world. And one man is destroying that, and that's Putin. It's going to be interesting now because the Russians are, are closing in on the capital of, of Kiev. Yeah, they're like right outside it right now. What is Putin going to do? Is he going to take Zelensky alive? Is he going to kill him in an airstrike? Is he going to, I, I cannot see him taking Zelensky as a prisoner of war. Well, because they, well, that they would got cause the mayor. So many more. They had one. They had one of the mayors. I don't remember what uh, city he was in, but they they had just taken him hostage. It was on film. Actually. Okay. Um, but look at the look at the problem that would cause Putin if he's holding Zelensky. Yeah, you know. But, but, I mean, I hate to say it, but what would even happen though? Like, it, like literally. If, I mean, if they grab him, 
who's going to save them? Well, that's true. Yeah, you I, know, I, I, the immediate invasion—they're going to get them either way. Rather, they kill them or they take him hostage. I'm just saying, if he takes him as a hostage, he's gonna—he's ha- just gonna create more problems for himself. Because every day, people are gonna go. There's Zelensky, who's become a world hero, yeah. being held hostage by Putin. To me, it creates an, another huge problem for Putin, and he's got a lot right now because it's not going well in Ukraine. You yeah. can take the capital, you can take some cities, you can take an airport. Ukraine is huge. It's huge. And now that we're cutting off their fuel that funds their military, it's gonna be hard to take the rest of eastern Ukraine without a bloody, bloody hand to hand combat. Well, mess. and you got the the forty mile convoy, they're now they're sporadic. They like yeah. they went away because well, they don't have supplies, they don't have gas, they don't have uh all the stuff that they need, so you know, they're already running away. And they're but, in and they're in the, the one of the coldest periods of the year for them. Yep. And they're without food, they're without fuel, and they're thousands of miles away from home. It's not like they can just get back home. You know, quickly. It, so they're out in the middle of nowhere fighting a war they don't want to fight. Right. You don't win wars when the, when the people on the ground don't want to fight. And, History shows it, that. And that's it's the weirdest thing about this war. It's, it's the Russians, the day that the attack happened, which was on a Wednesday, they were like, yeah, we don't, we really don't know why we're out here. We're just sent out here right. to do this. It, it's a weird war. Like, if it's you're a on the front war. lines, they're not, you got some Russian troops that are, you know, doing it intentionally, and then some that are like, look, we don't want to do this. We don't even know why we're here. And then you have Russian uh, families calling Ukrainian numbers and stuff, you know, trying to, you know, it's really, it's it's definitely a different war than you usually see. Putin's a old KGB guy. I mean, let's put this in perspective. He grew up with the old Soviet Union. He buys every part of it. He thought the greatest catastrophe of the 20th century was the collapse of the Soviet Union. His father, his father was a cook for Stalin and Lenin, Okay. So this guy has deep personal connections to the old Soviet Union. And the difference is Hitler, when he did his propaganda, he unified Germany because there was no social media. They only knew what came over their radio, and they only knew what the government told them. So they were fired up. That was a nation fired up at first when when the war happened. So it made them unified, and they were able to conquer countries. They were able to conquer Poland and Czechoslovakia and keep rolling through, through through the whole continent of Europe. Putin doesn't have that. He's using old KGB-style tactics from the 20th century that don't work. And uh, that's why he had to shut down all the media. But there's there's too much technology, there's too much out there for people in the modern world not to hear what's really going on. So he's losing the propaganda war. Uh, you can back your mic up just a little bit. I think it's getting, uh, there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and the media in Russia is very different from here. You know, we, we got the fake news or we have the, the the news that hypes it up too much. But there, it's it's either Russian or Russian. You don't see, you know, right. CNN, Fox, all that other stuff. It's all just – but I don't think – but the, the, the people there definitely aren't dumb. You know, a lot of them know what's happening. They know it's wrong. They've arrested probably over 5,000 people now just in protest, which you can't even do in that country. So it's definitely – a it's different over there. Free speech in the media – compared to what it was back in the before the Berlin Wall fell and before Soviet the Union collapsed it would blow the minds of the Russian people how much how far they have come when it comes to being able to the media uh, but you still have a dictator that he'll let a little bit go along but it, but he's still going to shut you down when he wants to shut you down but they've had they had free uh, uh, news networks that were able to cover the news the way they saw fit until the war yeah, and Putin said, "Now shut them down. They're they're killing the effort." So freedom of speech in Russia is a very, very, 
It, it really doesn't exist until the dictator decides it, it exists. Well, they told all the like people that are American that live in Russia to get out of there. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, look at the journalists. I mean, I make fun of CNN and stuff, but look at these guys that are still standing out there. Yeah, right well, in the middle of Moscow. <laughs> Moscow. That don't care. I mean, they're right. They're in close quarters with Zelensky. They're not going to get out either if the Russians decide right. they're not going to get Anytime out. Anytime they want, they can go grab them. Yeah, and they're just or or there. a stray missile or bomb could hit them. You know yep. anything? So, and they got one uh, on CNN that he's sitting right. Well, I don't want to say the wrong name. But I think it's Balogorod, where every like all the troops and stuff from Russia are pushing into Ukraine. Yeah, but they're just literally just sitting out there, just filming them walk by. And I'm like, yeah, in war terms, there's a thing like you can't shoot reporters or whatever, but they can if they really wanted to. You know, they could just turn around, shoot the tank right at them, and ba boom, they're sure. gone. But, yeah, it's definitely – it's weird when you have reporters right in front of everything just filming it. Like, I oh. mean, we, we've had that for years, yeah. but you're dealing with an isolated country, and you're dealing with Putin. Yeah. And it's a huge country, and it's not as easy to leave there as it would be, say, Iraq. Yeah. If you're a journalist out in the middle of the forest in the Ukraine, you know. What, so, but I think the question is, what is the end game? What does Putin want? Where is he going to stop? I, I mean, they've done – I don't want to say I'm not trying to say this like that, but I think they've done a horrible job trying to take over Ukraine. Like they got the north and the south kind of contained. They really haven't touched the west and the east. You know, it, it's fifty fifty. But when it comes to like the big places like Kiev and Lviv, they're not. They, they get close, but then they get backed up. You know, Ukraine's just well. The Ukrainians strong. are fighting like hell. Yeah. You know the, what what weaponry they do have, and again, their heart is in it. They're yeah. defending. They're, it's for their survival and for their country. So they want to fight these yeah. Russian troops. I don't care how big their tanks are, how many more there are of them. They don't want to go out there and die for Putin for nope. something they don't believe in. Now they have enough military power. They're eventually going to do it, mm. but at what cost? And it's going to get harder and harder when your fuel's cut off and yep. nobody's buying your fuel and your economy's gone and your economy's gone. Your country's collapsing and people don't like you. You're not very skilled anyway as an army. We found we found they are not they are not good flyers compared yeah. to the West and even China. And, and they've other been places. shot down. They've been shot down times. by by peasants. Yeah, they they call this peasants. guy the, the Ukrainian Reaper. I think the guy's <laughs> killed over twenty people, shot down over ten uh, planes. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. But they're they're also very good at cyber warfare. Yeah. And uh, well, they do it every year, every four years here. So. Yeah, they do. But uh, we're but they're going to go beyond that if they yeah. have to. If they feel isolated and Putin's back is against the wall, who knows what will happen? You know, hopefully our our tech people are up on the challenge of that nuclear war. You think it's going to happen? Man, I tell you, we're as close as we've been since the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, you know, it's it's because you you have a madman, and you and I sit there and go, oh, he would never do that. It would be the end of him. But we never know. Right. When you have a madman and, and he's at the end of his life, he's not young. I think Putin wants a legacy. His legacy is going to be is to rebuild the Soviet Union to make it stronger than ever. Yep. So I don't think he wants a nuclear war. I don't think he would do that because he's put all this effort into trying to uh, achieve his goal. Yeah. But it's so perilous and it's so tentative that anything that goes wrong could set him off. You know, I mean, See, I highly doubt he will. But Putin's not a guy that's just one day going to sit down at the table and go, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm going to go, well, we'll get out of here now. He's right. going to finish his objective. He don't care if he has to, to bomb Ukraine into the ground. He will not walk away as the guy that lost in Ukraine. After starting a war, the whole world 
is against. Yeah. But see, the thing that gets on my nerves is is they look at uh, you know when Biden started talking when when uh, Putin said nuclear war will happen or and then he made the threat the first the first speech he ever made and the only one I think so far when he said that. You'll see, uh, what was it military something? He didn't even say that, but he said, you will see destruction to which your country has never seen before. Yeah. So many words. He didn't say we're going to send nuclear weapons, but that was the implied accusation. So everybody is getting on Biden because at like a couple weeks after that, when he started saying nuclear war, they're like, well, Biden shouldn't have said, uh, you know, we got to watch what we say. My thing is, though, why would you, you know, and and they did one of my, uh, the people I follow on the, it's called the Full Send Podcast. Did a podcast with Trump, and he said that the problem is is Biden is showing weakness and saying that you know he's being too nice about the the you know the crisis that's happening with the nuclear stuff. But really, what what can you say? You can't really say anything when someone has nuclear power. They're trying to take over a country right now, and you know they're still and they still have that. They we know they have probably the most nukes out of every country. You know, I don't know. It's it's hard to to play nice, but then also flex at the same time. No, I agree. I agree. In in from this perspective, now that we're in the position we're in now, there isn't a whole lot you can do except sanctions and, and just be ready. Yeah, be ready to defend yourself. You know, it's not like the United States is a weakling. Right. We can, if Russia really wants to go, it'll be bye bye Russia. Yeah. Uh, the problem is before the war, is where the Biden administration failed. They signed treaties with the Russians. They signed treaties with Iran. We we took we took uh, we, you know we started lifting sanctions on Russia. Um, we were way too late in cutting off their fuel and and take and accepting their fuel strategically around Ukraine, uh, the Crimea, that area. We we changed our tactics and our position. Uh, we gave the Ukrainians less support. We did all kinds of things because we thought that's how you make friends with Putin. Well, that like that's called appeasement, and that's how Hitler uh, became strong. He would say, you know, give me the Rhineland, and the United States or the UN or the world would go, okay, you can have the Rhineland. Well, I'm only gonna, you know, he went. You got to remember, Putin went into the Crimea under Obama in 2014. He didn't do that as an exercise. There was a plan there. Yeah. And the buildup on the border of Ukraine the last year and a half mm-hmm. or two years is obvious what was coming. We were too late to react. And we should have we should have been had stronger sanctions, and we should have had a united front around the world already. But a lot of that's not just on Biden. The world, all of a sudden, the world who usually lets Putin get away with murder, literally, becomes frightened because he's on their doorstep now. Because he may not stop in Ukraine. He might go to Poland. He might go to NATO countries. He might go to Belarus and NATO, and even Germany's worried. That's the problem. When you let a monster get that much power and start seizing, you're at their mercy when they have weapons of mass destruction. Well, you said Germany. Don't let Germany fool you because all of a sudden now they want to start rebuilding their military. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, starting to flex there what they got. But, I mean, they did send Ukraine a lot of, uh, I think it was some fighter jets and some equipment, so I, I give them that. But, you know, not only is Ukraine and Russia a big deal, look at the whole world right now. You have North Korea shooting off rockets, what was it, to Japan? Yeah. Close to them. Yep. You have a new South Korean president, which who knows? We could have another South Korean war or an, another Korean war if those uh, Kim Jong Un. I don't know this guy's name, but don't match eye mm-hmm. to eye. That's something to watch. China's China's moving on Taiwan. Now, why do you think this is after one year? Why do you think all these countries 
are once again being provocative. They're certainly not afraid of the of the president of the United States. They weren't doing this for four years see, before Biden. But that see, this is this this is that's what pisses me off because why does it always have to be what the U.S. has going on at their home? Why does it have to be well when Trump was in? None of this was happening. Yes, I'm not arguing that Trump had the I best mean, foreign policy. I, mean, I got I mean, that. It wasn't just because he was sitting in a chair. There were calls made to China and to North Koreans' leader, and and. That he spent not Trump himself, but the Pentagon and military officials and, and diplomats spelled out that they better be careful and they better stop being provocative over over the South China Sea and in and, and the Straits and everything else. And lo and behold, the one he called the crazy fat kid was pretty quiet for four years because he, he messages were coming to him. And China China controls North Korea when they want to. They're yeah. like a big brother. They said, knock it off. China has other interests. They don't need North Korea starting some war that they're not interested in that would be costly as hell. And and you got a crazy Kim Jong-un with nuclear weapons. They have world domination on their mind. Right. They've worked hard to get to where they're at in terms of financial, technology, army. You know, They're not looking to get into some big war. Um, not saying they wouldn't, right? but I think that they told the crazy fat kid to knock it off for a while. And Biden comes in, and I, and I think they saw potential. Like they ask themselves when they sit down at a, at a table, they go, "If if we do this, what do you think the administration's move will be? What what do you think the Biden administration will do?" And it looks like Putin. It looks as though they went, "You know what? He's probably going to go A, B, and C. He's going to talk a little tough. We're going to have to deal with sanctions. We're going to have to deal with with this. We're going to have to deal with that. But we can do this. Now's the time. And we mean Trump might be president again." We might get another uh, another Republican in office soon. We got to do it now while Biden's in office. Leadership matters. Yeah, it matters. It doesn't mean. It, by no means am I blaming Biden for this, and he's really in a really tough position now that the Russians are there. But there was a lot going on before that, that that led up to this invasion, and 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 I blame most of Europe. Europe's yeah. are the ones that could have stuck up, and they're they're the neighbors, especially Poland. You're you're right. It's not always the United States that has to that fix all yeah. the world's that, problems. That's what makes me mad. It's not even about the media making it what it big, like how the dog starts barking. But <laughs> it's not that the media makes it a big deal. It, it's it's these other countries that are or, or sorry, the United States that has to worry about these other countries, like were were their puppet or were their you know brother or something. No, like handle your own business. If obviously the U.S. is in NATO, so if NATO, you know, one of those days is go to war, then yes, we go to war with them. But when it comes to South Korea, when it comes to North Korea, when it comes to China, Russia, whoever, why do we we always have to have our hand in their yeah. country doing no, I, something? No, I agree. It's so we should have we so should have learned that lesson a long time ago. But the world is connected now. It's it's hard. You know, look at the pressure Biden's under for not doing anything. Yeah. Can you? That's the pressure that because you're the most powerful country in the world, yeah. And when and and you say you're a friend, so what are you supposed to do? Just say, oh, you're on your own. Good luck. Which is basically what we've done, and that's only the only thing we can do. Yeah. No rational person would put troops or even a no-fly zone in that country right now. It would start a world war because that's Putin. Yeah. Putin is not ever just going to walk away. He is going to either go down in flames or take you down. But he is not just one day going to sit down at the peace table. At the at a table and, and sign a peace treaty. I, I highly doubt that. No. I don't think anything's going to happen. His ego, his narcissism is to too stop. big, and he wants a legacy. He wants to be this great leader. Yep. That reunited, you know, that restarted the old Soviet Union. 
one more thing I wanted to move to the uh, State of the Union, but I, you know, I was thinking about before we came on, I said in my head, I was like, you know, every country has done something wrong. You know what I mean? Like we took over Hawaii <laughs> under no will and took yeah. them over. You know, Russia t- tried to take over Ukraine, uh, the, the Korean War. Um, it's just world Germany, history. like all like everybody every, in the world has conquered yeah, something. Every every country has Except done something Amish. wrong, right? They're they're who knows what they're doing, but you know they it's have just weapons of mass destruction, right? It's just it's it's like everything is just repeating. But now, but like all of a sudden now, everything just wants to go to hell. You know, Iran is getting stronger than ever. That uh, that well, is crazy. Reasons for that. Well, yeah, and, and it's not same just, with Afghanistan. Not just reasons of appeasement, but but money. Yeah. We gave the Iranians, when, when Obama was walking out of office, we sent John Kerry over there, yeah. the Secretary of State. We sent him over there, and we, we handed them. A, it, basically, what we said to the Iranians, after years of saying, you will not have nuclear weapons, what Obama said was, it's inevitable you're going to get them. Here's billions of dollars, billions of dollars, if you can just hold off on enriching uranium for five or seven years, which, of course, they broke in two years, and now they have all this extra money, and it went into their nuclear program. It's madness. Yeah. It's madness. I mean, that's big. Yeah. I mean, the Iranians are a theocracy. They, they believe in the end of the world. Yeah. They think it's their destiny. Yeah. That's how crazy that is. For a country like that to have nuclear weapons is a scary, scary thing. I wanted to touch on the State of the Union. It was, what, last week? Two yeah, weeks ago? It's still going on, isn't it? <laughs> Feels like it. Um <laughs> Did you watch it? I did. What'd I you did. think? Uh, I thought, first of all, uh, I'll say this about Joe Biden. There's there's this perception out there that he's this bumbling idiot, and he's so old anyway that he can't get through a sentence. He has his own style. It doesn't always work, but he's not. He can Anybody that can speak for two hours like that has their faculties. Uh, he made some mistakes, but you can watch every State of the Union and see a president slip up and say something silly or weird or bombing. Yeah, any, any human being would do it. So I think just in terms of a presentation, he did well for himself. And uh, there was a bump in the polls after that for a little while before gas prices went up to four fifty. Um, Shoot, at $5 now. No, they will be. it will be. But a lot of that is out of his control at this point, even though it was going up, way up before the invasion. The inflation was already on the way up. Now it's just going through the roof. Uh, I, here's the thing I, I thought about the State of the Union. There was nothing in it that I found that I could grab onto to go, oh, that's not a bad idea. Oh, you know, there was nothing positive about it. I don't mean like he had to be positive. I mean, I could, just personally, there was nothing I agreed with. So it was two hours of, come on, just give me one thing that I can agree with. No. He's, he's going to double down on green energy. And Now, we're in a time of war. That pie-in-the-sky crap is okay for your campaign. But you got to do what you got to do in wartime. The real world is still dealing with fossil fuels. Yeah, you can't you can't play political correctness with madmen around the world while madmen are terrorizing the world and go, oh, we're sticking to that new deal. Yeah, the insanity of having to go to enemies to beg for oil when we shut our own oil down. Venezuela, the big Iran, one right now, yep. Saudi Arabia. Yep. All the terrorist organizations. Yeah. Saudi Arabia just killed, what was it, 68 people today? <laughs> These are terrorist Some organizations. Some crazy stuff, yeah. And instead of, uh, okay, let's just say that that we're going to do green energy, and that's the future. That's that's in the future. Yeah. Right now, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not even against it. Yeah. It's just, you. this is insanity right now. Different time. We, it's a different time. Open the pipelines up, If it, just for a year. 
get gas prices down and stop reliance on, on foreign countries. You know, we were, we were energy independent under Trump. Yeah, we were. I mean, that was the one thing he did that, that you can't dispute. I don't just mean you. I mean, anybody. You could say it wasn't a good thing. Yeah. But we were energy independent. And now we're begging Venezuela and the Iranians a for dictator. oil. Yeah. I mean, that is that is insanity. So that's what I took away from that address. He's going to double down on it because he made a campaign promise to the far left. And he wants to be the energy president. He wants to be the guy that finally gets us off of fossil fuels. And he's going to stick to it. Well, that's that's a that's his own war. There's a real world out there and real wars going on. And he's sticking to some silly campaign promise that is theoretical. It's not even it's not even viable for the next 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. You know, even if you do it in increments. So the, the real world's happening while Joe Biden and the left in this country are playing politics. That's what I took. And the one thing I've never heard a president not do, and I could be wrong, I might have missed it, so I can be fact-checked. I did not hear him say the State of the Union is strong. Every president usually says that at some point. You know, they'll talk about problems, and we've had a long year, and we're getting through this, but the State of our Union yeah. is strong. I didn't even hear him say that. I don't think he could, I don't because it would sound so silly, because it's not. Yeah. But I could be wrong. I might have missed it. And I haven't gone back and, and, and checked that out. So here's what I took from it. First of all, he didn't talk about Afghanistan. Okay, that's yeah. the worst thing that has happened under his presidency. Yeah, and you cannot that, it cannot that be was argued. A nightmare. That, that was, a nightmare. was the worst thing. I'm not picking his side on that nowhere. You know, we left equipment over there, billions of dollars over there left with it. We still have Americans that are still over there. Horrible. Okay, that made him look bad right off the right off the well, bat. Well, we handed the country over to the Taliban. Yeah. So that wasn't you know, obviously, I didn't think that was going to be brought up anyway, but it was still important that, you know, that has, that's that been the worst thing that's ever happened. I will say this, though. Uh, COVID cases are at an all-time low, okay, under Biden. Right. All right. Uh, what his Medicare plan, I didn't, I, I didn't, I missed that part because I had to go, I was asleep. But what, what was his Medicare plan? Well, Did he say? I think the idea is to save Medicare. They're afraid that it, that Republicans, you know, he, he has a bill and he wants to expand Medicare and he wants to give more to people and Republicans are fighting it. And it's part of his of that relief bill that he's been pushing for, for since he's been a, a candidate. And it probably doesn't have the votes. Joe Manchin is always the swing vote, the, the senator from West Virginia. Yeah. He really wants to push. It's just an expansion of Medicare. Gotcha. I mean, I don't know. It's seems like small potatoes now but if you're older it's not um i don't have i, I don't i'm not an expert on it i don't have all yeah. the details but that that's what it was it's just part of his bill gotcha that he wants to incre increase the deficit with well let me ask you this while we're on it real quick uh bernie sanders is a, a big one about this do you agree in uh medicare for all well that it, it should be it should be a right not a privilege that's that's uh here's here's what bernie sanders is a socialist yeah now he, but but I'm I'm take Bernie out of it. I'm just saying, yeah, just in general. But he comes from, I mean, this is a guy that honeymooned in the Soviet Union. Yeah, that's where his mind is. He's a government. He's a big government. Government, government, government. You know, he doesn't trust individuals. So you have to have government overlook. Uh, Medicare for all. We already have Obamacare. Um, Medicaid is a, is a is is part of is part of the law. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, should everybody be able to get Medicare? Then you're, you're, we're already slouching towards socialism. 
you know, and we have been since the New Deal, that would be that would be a real step towards socialism. Because once the government controls your medical, they control a lot. Yeah. And they and your quality of doctors go down because everybody basically has the same. You're on the same level playing field. That's the way they look at it. Um, that's a tough call because we've always had elements of socialism since since the 19th century. You can't say that we don't have elements of socialism. We do. And there's a lot of Republicans that get Medicare. They yeah. get Medicaid. And so that, that's a tough call. But Bernie Sanders' vision and the, and the left of that, his wing of the party, their vision isn't to stop at Medicare. Yeah. They want to... They want to control your guns. Control everything. They want to control. Yeah, they, they, they look at other well, countries. They so, look at Eastern Europe, Eastern and Western Europe yeah. as the model. You know, those countries are quote unquote free. They're they're a lot less free than you and I are. They're they're met. It's like socialism is like a placebo. We'll give you if the government keeps giving it to you, it pacifies you. You're like, oh yeah, we're not making as much money, but at least I got my medical. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, well. I know uh, that they capped what I can make, and I can only make so much and achieve so much, but at least I get my food stamp. You know, that, that's what socialism is. It, it's basically, it's taking care, it's like Big Brother will take care of you. Well, uh, since since Biden's been in presidency, everybody that's a Republican, and yeah, I said it because <clears throat> every Trump supporter and Republican had the fit, well, one of their many fits that they had was, they're going to take our guns in the first year. I'm pretty sure everybody still has their guns. And for the next three years, they'll still have it. Now, has everything went up? And Trump did this too. Trump did have a, a little bit of a stronger, you know, aggression towards um, background checks and all that. Yes. But also, these people still have their guns. They're not going to get taken away. You're not going to take guns away in the next three years. So everybody needs to calm down. That's, that's true. You know, and, I, and unfortunately, I know this is just goes off the beating pass, but I don't think... In 2024, when we have our re-election, Biden will be in as president. I think Trump will be back in. So, again, if you're a Republican and you are a Trump supporter, calm down about the gun situation. Because even if, God forbid, we go another, what would it be, eight or no, seven more years with Biden, your guns aren't going away. Sorry, I just had to get on that because that, no, oh, people no. just well, get on my first nerves of all, with that. First of all, this is a gun nation. Yeah. You have hundreds and hundreds of millions of guns. That are still rolling in. If the government wanted to, they couldn't confiscate guns. And so, But little by this is how these things work. Look at Canada. Canada is, is a large country with a huge hunting. With, with you know, it's a, it's a, it's a very much a, a, a lot. hunting. Yeah. yeah. You have to go get a key. You have to go to a, like a government office and your shotgun is in a case and you have to bring a key. And you have to have a card just to go get your gun to go hunting. You can't just have a gun to walk around with for self-protection. Yeah. You can only do it for hunting in certain places. Now, there's certain provinces in Canada, I think you, you can own them. The police don't have guns. Uh, well, they can during dire emergencies like we're seeing with the truckers. But on yeah. a daily, uh, uh, like, patrolman doesn't have a gun. You know, Canada's a fairly peaceful country, and it's not as populated. But it's law... What people that protect the Second Amendment fear is that every law chips away at their, their freedom of speech. They know that nobody's coming knocking on their door for guns uh, tomorrow. Yeah. They think it's going to be done by laws. And then generations go by, and they don't understand how important the Second, Man Second Amendment was. They look at it, and they go, those laws were written back in a time when you needed guns to protect you from bears and, and uh, hostile government, you know, because government officials could show up at your door right. if they really wanted to. 
Well, those laws are outdated. The Second Amendment is no more subject to change than the first, than the third, than the fourth. It wasn't written to be changed on a whim. So that, that's where that argument comes from. I don't necessarily agree with all that. I think that there, I, I don't think the Second Amendment was meant to be unfettered. Like you can own any gun you want at any time. I, I, I've never believed that. So I take a little bit different stance when it, when it comes to, to the Second Amendment. You come from the generation of mass shootings. Yeah, we, so, we deal with that every day. Every so week you have a like, whole different perspective on it. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to hit on two more subjects real quick. And I wanted to get your take on true, honest opinion. Okay, there's been good and there's been horrible. The first year of Biden's campaign, and still to this day, we'll count today too, how do you think it's gone? At a, at a, like all the presidents so far, you think he's the worst we've ever had? I don't. Um, or you think he's doing more than what you? Thought I want to be doing? fair because some of it's out of his control. Some of it. I know you talked about COVID. We could argue about that all day. It's yeah. ama- it's amazing how right before we were being lectured a week before the State of the Union, and then they don't, and then they don't wear masks. I saw that. And then now, I saw that. now that's political theater. Yeah. That's meant to say, look, they needed a victory. They needed a perception. That he had done something. So they're like, now we need to get back to work and school. A week before that, they were still lecturing people yeah. about vaccines and masks and shut it down and get dead, don't go to school. I mean, and all of a sudden for a photo op on the State of the Union, we've done it. We've overcome it. Now, let me ask you something. This is how strange it is. How much have you heard about COVID since the State of the Union? Since it ended? Yeah. Zero. It is, isn't that amazing? Yeah. For two years. For, and I know the war in, in the, the war in, in Russia and the Ukraine all took a lot of that off, but all of a sudden, the media. Well, yeah, well, that's the reason. It's the media that is is doing that. That's exactly. You know, right. it's not. It's not even that the White House. If you if you sit and watch when these White House do their briefings and stuff, it used to be every single week from March in 2020 to. Two weeks to three weeks ago, it was always a one. Que- it was always one questionnaire was about COVID. Yeah. Since then, everything you see on the news: right. Ukraine, Russia, gas, oil, right, right, and right, other right. countries, uh, other subjects. So, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's you know not being talked about, but when it comes to the media and stuff, definitely not. Yeah, the people are definitely not. They're not covering it because it's not getting them views. I always, know? I always said. And it's not just the left-wing media. There's right-wing media that has all kinds of propaganda. We know that. It's only a scandal if the media decides it's a scandal. Yep. You know, Trump, every time he got out of bed, scandal, 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 scandal. There are plenty of scandals that Obama could have been involved in that were basically shined over. And nothing major but stuff that needed to be talked about. I'm not going to go back and rehash the Obama years. But they covered for him. Yeah. And they've covered for Biden. Not really Biden, but and his Clinton. Son, oh yeah, given uh, given yeah. was it uh, stuff to uh, ISIS and stuff? Oh, come on now, we could go on and on. Uh, yeah. There was one thing I forgot in the State of the Union. It just hit me that I actually was very, very. I couldn't believe he said it because you, this is such a, a, a topic that to hit to the far left. I think I know what you're going to say. He said, we don't need to defund the police. Yep. We need to fund the police. Yep. And I, was, I had, I almost had to rewind it but like, to make sure. Check your hearing aids. Even yeah. Ted Cruz leaped up. Ted yep. Cruz. He had that whole room standing yeah, up right yeah. there. That, I forgot. That was one thing we, we yeah. could all agree on, or at least sane people can agree on. Yeah. So, But but that was weird he threw that in there, because that hadn't been a subject for a while. So obviously, he I haven't want, heard he him needed say that to get at all. Some, He's looking for the center of the country. Yeah. Those who aren't left or right. 
but they think that defunding the police is insane. I think it was his way of reaching out. Look, I'm not this far left guy they make me out to be. I, I got a little bit of moderation in me. Yeah. So I'll give him that one. He brought in 6.5 million jobs. <laughs> I know you talked about no. that. Do You don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. I, I believe that people went back to work. These were not six point. <laughs> okay, there were some jobs. The job report was good. Better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. These aren't created jobs. These are people going back to work that have been out from COVID. Not all of it, but a, but a good percentage of it was people going back to work that have been out of COVID because of COVID. Uh, so that's a silly, ridiculous political stunt the White House pushed before they went to their State of the Union. I mean, come on. But, hey, look, retail's doing great since COVID. Since COVID, retails has exploded because they need so much more help because people are shopping more than ever, ironically. Um, tell me what these jobs are. Where do where they come from? Where 6.5 well, million. Like, well, what, well, like what kind of jobs are they? Are they private sector jobs? Well, I looked into that, and I was like, well, maybe with all this green new stuff, you know, that he, that he pledged in the beginning of the or beginning of his term, you know, that was going to bring a load of jobs. It brought in close to 200,000 jobs. Okay, that's not even close to a million. Doing what? So that, Where? No, no, no. No, I know. Uh-huh. I'm just saying, but what I was looking into. But I do think what you said was right because when you look at the unemployment rate drop back from 6.2%, I think it's, like you said, more people just coming back to work so they don't get that unemployment stimulus anymore. They don't get all that. Exactly. You know. So, yeah, that, no, that makes sense. Now, now again, there's probably some truth to it. He, he probably he, There probably was a, a surge in, in new hiring. Yeah. But a lot of people hadn't worked for two or three years. Yeah. I'm not talking about government workers. I'm talking about more low-level workers yeah. that their, their, their checks have run out and they've had to come back and get jobs. Yep. And you and, actually and, have to work. And the White, and the White House is – now, look, any administration would use that on their behalf politically. They would say the same thing. They would say, look. Look at all these new jobs. It's really people that were that were sitting out because of COVID, and they were getting the government check, and they came back and because they needed jobs. Yeah, so, so I saw. I, and one other thing, like I know they didn't talk about Afghanistan, but they also didn't talk about the border crisis that's happening. Uh, but let me just say this: Yes, there is a crisis going on at the border. We get that, but let's also not take away at the fact that Trump did put in zero tolerance policy, right, and on the illegal border crossings led to separation of at least 5,500 families and saw children placed in cages. Now you see, you see Trump running around saying Obama built these cages, all this, and that, you know, Biden's still using them when he still did it under his campaign too. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away that there's not anything happening right now at uh, the cri- yeah. uh, the border, and it's not all on Biden. But don't make it sound like this hasn't been happening the past, you know, ten years. I don't think Trump handled the the border right. I don't think Trump understood the border. I think it helped get Trump elected. There was no doubt about that. Oh, his Hispanic voting issue. was crazy. Well, not just that, but, well, yeah, pe- but people want their. Bo- you know, every country, every sovereign nation has a right to know who's coming into their country. This is not, it's not racist. You're not hating people. Right. You think that you can just walk into Mexico? They, they want to know who you are. Right. So, but Trump was all over the place on immigration. There's so much, so much going on there. Um, but you have a right to secure your border. And the left, their position is let them flow in. Let, am, amnesty. They want blanket amnesty at our borders. And we're dealing in the age of covid we're dealing in the age of terrorism. 
we're dealing with, we don't know who's coming over that border. Why should I, when I go, when I go to the MVA, which I did yesterday, really? why should I have to pull my driver's license out as a, as a citizen and prove that I'm legit, but if you're an illegal, you don't have to show proof of ID? Why is that? I didn't even know that you, that was a thing. Yeah. Why do, you know, so we, we require, we don't require illegal immigrants to show proper ID when they go to government facilities to get stuff. But then we say, don't ever ask a person that's voting for ID. How is that, how is it repressing to just prove you're a citizen? So, so we know that you're a legitimate United States citizen before you vote. Show me how that's repression. That's called the Democrats don't want that. They want as many people voting as, as they can, and they don't want any. They don't. Want, they don't. They know that most of them will vote Democrat, and they don't want to ID them. It's as simple as that. It's. I mean, so simple. It, it's blatant. It's so obvious. But I. I have to prove I'm a citizen. Yeah. They don't. Now, how backwards is that? Yeah. Gas prices, inflation, all that's through the roof right now. What? This is the most. I thought. Schoolwork was confusing, but when you look at all this, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. I don't under I don't and I I don't even have a right to talk about it because I don't understand it at all. But when you look at you know if you even just do a simple Google search, like how do you make inflation go down? How do you make gas prices go down? And it comes up with these articles. First of all, it's not CNN, it's not Fox, it's not the Washington Post, it's not BBC News. It's it's like these little these little news networks that you never see. So you can't, all, first of all, you can't trust them off the bat like you can't trust any news network. Right. But what, how do you, how, if you're in the, the cabinet with the president right now, how do you make it that the gas prices go down and inflation goes down? Before the war in Ukraine, when Trump left, we had the gas prices because we, we were independent of energy. Gas prices were two two something yeah and that seemed a little high um we didn't have massive inflation when we started regulating and shutting down pipelines shutting down the construct construction of pri- pipelines and once again having to be more dependent on on foreign oil guess what it skyrocketed yeah now the democrats have always known this was going to happen and the honest ones will tell you well that's part of the price to transition to clean energy yeah, we're all just going to have to, you know, take a hit for a while because that, you know, to them it's a war. You know, we all have to sacrifice. We're, you know, that. But presidential administrations can't be honest about it. Yeah, uh, they knew gas prices were going to go up. They took a gamble that it wouldn't go up too high and that Americans wouldn't blame Biden for it. Um, but that's how you do it. You become energy independent because when gas prices go up, everything goes up. The price of food is incredible right now. And it's not going to end. It's sixteen dollars for one steak. Six. I mean, you know, this is real inflation. Yeah, this is inflation from. We're talking Jimmy Carter inflation. We're talking. It's uh, Great Depression inflation. It's at seven point five, and it could be higher right now. It's you know, so that it's that's crazy. a big part of it. Um, also, our national debt is higher than ever. They're getting ready to raise interest rates. This all adds to inflation. Yeah. You know, it's just it's simple math. I'm not a mathematician by any means, but I mean when you. <laughs> When you start relying on Venezuela and Saudi Arabia, you're going to have a problem. Yeah. And and Canada is is number 3 in the most oil. Yeah. 
why aren't we using them as the main supplier? Yeah, that's a good question, you too, know? because Canada's already is gone green. So they're very strict about their, their fossil fuels. Yeah, and I do agree with you on the, the, the part where you're like, well, we get the Green New Deal. Okay, cool. But right now, right now, it's use up what we have. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Just get, if, if you want to go green, cool. Uh, us burning off a couple more is not going to kill this world as much as it already is. Right. And you think Saudi Arabia, Iran, and uh, all these other countries are going to stop? No. But if you want to do the Green New Deal, okay, cool. But And you know what? Biden's approval rating would go up, and yeah. he would be more respected if he went to that State of the Union and said, look, we're just going to have to put this temporarily on the back burner. we got to do what we have to do. This is a crucial time, not only abroad but at home, yeah. to get prices down. And But it would be admitting failure. It would have been admitting wrong. Uh, and the left, the far left of the, that party, would destroy him. Oh, they would you think, him. You think, you think the, the right-wing media and people would go after Joe Biden? Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Tlaib, Bernie Sanders, John Kerry. Yeah. They would all go after him like 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 he was Putin yep. if he did that. So he's he's beholden to the far left. If he just would come out and be honest about it, like you said, I could even get on board with that. Yeah, like that's the thing to that do. Makes right now. That makes sense. That makes sense. You know, but he's not going to do it. Yeah, he's committed. And and he and he, you know, he praised that Green New Deal when he came in, but no one's ever explained what it is. Where is it, it going? It's confusing. <laughs> I get I get the concept of it'll bring in jobs, but There'll also be people losing jobs that work at, right. you know, all these other places. Right. So it's like it's like a fit, it like levels it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But you're still gonna have unemployment through those other jobs. But it it all it it keeps going back to the science part. Like, is this really? Is there really? I'm not saying that there's not a climate change, but you know, us taking it away in Canada. Okay, that's two big, decent sized countries going green. Uh huh. Is it really going to make a change, you know? And then no. you look at you, you look at all those, uh, you know, Afghanistan, Iran, Iraq. All the, they're not. Why would they stop? Right. And that that's half their economy, especially it's, Saudi Arabia. It's half of Russia's economy. Yeah, they're not. They're and not. And China stop. doesn't give a damn about the Green New Deal. Nope. So, so you make a great point. The rest of the world is laughing at us as we do this. They're not going to get off of fossil fuels. So how how are you going to bring climate change down? Yeah. You know, and even if the whole world got on board with this in a fairy tale scenario, it would come down in 25 years by most scientists' predictions, 0.1 point of a percent of a temp. It's like we're going to mortgage the future and maybe ruin the country for this shit. Yeah. I'm not saying we shouldn't transition and get cleaner air and cleaner fuel and that kind of stuff. I'm not against that. And it could be good for the economy if, if it finally, but not now. Right. Not now. And not at this moment. And, and the science is shaky. Yeah. When it comes to what it is or how it would work, what? So I was thinking about this: Is there a way we could do a fifty-fifty deal? So it's like you you'll bring in these jobs for the green deal, but then you'll also use some of what the most like the important fossil fuels and stuff that you need at the same time, or would that or would that just ruin the part where well, no, it's a green new deal. Everything has to go green. You know it, what I mean? It's like you talk about a lot. It's so politically divisive. Yes. You, both sides are so dug in, they won't come to the middle or compromise on nope. any of it. The left will definitely not compromise on Green New Deal. It yeah. is full. That's why Biden had to run on that or he wouldn't have got elected. Yeah. The right is not going to give an olive branch to, to them and say, yeah, well, maybe we can work with that. It's not going to happen. They're so dug. It's, it's like COVID. COVID got politicized from the very minute. As soon as it was brought up. So instead of 
you know, it used to be the nation would come together in times yes. like that, or at least kind of. No, not with COVID, and it, and it was on both sides. It, there was blame. You had the you had the right, which is tr- it's turning out to be true. Wanted to know the origins of the damn thing, and it, it came from Wuhan. Yeah, but you have the media and the left who are in denial about it. It's it's almost because the right is concerned about it. We're just going to act like it didn't happen, and we're not even going to acknowledge it. Now you're racist. Because China is so powerful, they own the NBA, they own so many interests in this country, they were afraid of the Chinese government if, if we set, started blaming them for the coronavirus in the Wuhan lab. I'd tell you what did happen, though, when COVID hit. It, it brought out a lot. Uh, it, it showed what the United States really is. You know, we are divided crazy. And not just as people, and even in the government. Our government is horrible. I am sorry. There is nothing Every okay, every politician that goes to the Senate or the White House or whatever, they will come up to you right now and you will tell them their your problems and be like, Look, I know we can't do this, but can we start working on it and fix this? Yes. They'll tell you, yes, we can do it. They will go up to Capitol Hill or wherever they go after just meeting you a couple hours ago and go in there, the bill or whatever will be brought up to them, and they'll sit there and they'll hold their hands crossed just like this and sit there and Whatever their party says, they have to do. They have to do it, and it is so annoying. Yeah, so annoying. Even when, even when people run for presidency, if it happened, it ha- it happens with every president. Every president, Obama, Trump, Biden, Ronald Reagan, everyone. You know, and it it's it's more of like, okay, yes, you're voting Biden in, but you're also voting in all the Democratic wants and needs, and yeah, you know yeah. what? The, and same yeah. with Republicans too. You know. I well, don't know, it's just the nature of American politics is you have eight years at the most if you're president. The first four years is just survival and getting reelected. Yep, making you look good. So you got to kiss your 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 base's party. If you have any balls after that first four years, you could actually start doing the right thing. Yep. When it comes to subjects, but the first four is just about elections, kissing their butt, pretending like the economy's good. It's the la- it's the second it's the last four years. If you get reelected, you can actually get something done. Yeah, you know, you're not a lame duck president. Last subject, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. But Trump is in a little bit of uh, trouble with New York. Yeah, they've and, been coming after him for years. Well, now. that so so a lot of well that, and then you got um, the January sixth stuff that's still going on. They just arrested a couple people actually. And then they arrested, well, this doesn't have to do with that, but they arrested um, the six people that tried to uh, assassinate the Michigan mayor or governor, whatever one. Yeah. They arrested those six people. But I find it weird that they're still, like, even CNN is is a big one. They're constantly bringing up the January 6th stuff over and over. Like, okay, we get it? Cool. What I don't understand is if you ever notice how the news is, you remember when... Uh, I can't remember his name. It was an actor that shot the lady that was filming, and they were blaming him and, and all oh, this. Oh, Alec Baldwin? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember for three weeks to f- almost a month straight, it was all that? Yeah. Where is it? Where is it? You know? Where I, is why, it? Why does it always happen? Every news, I can't... If you go in there right now, you can look, and you'll see NBC and CBS, the last time they've updated anything on that was two weeks ago. Right. You know, it's like... It's a cycle. It's yeah. like, okay, you know, it, it has to do with viewership. Yep. Hard news and just reporting news 
is a is a corporate entity now. But anything they can get with Trump, right? First of all, boost their views. They can't argue that. Right. They know that if they put Trump's name in anything, it boosts Trump it up. Derangement syndrome. It's been going yep. on for five years. And I will say this: this is this is crazy. They did a podcast, uh, the the full same podcast. They did a podcast with them on uh, probably Tuesday, posted Wednesday, one of the days. It was up for 13 hours. It had over 7 million views. As soon as he as soon as he was getting off the podcast, he said, "Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. This probably will not be up long." They said he said nothing wrong. Now, he did he yeah. call Biden weak and you know, he yeah, yeah, he yeah, pointed yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah. Again, freedom of speech, that's taken away. I didn't away. see it, but I heard about it. Yeah. And then he goes on Fox and announces that it's been taken down. Yeah. 13 hours up. Yeah, there yeah. was nothing wrong with the podcast, yeah, you I know? know? I don't but but they did a they did a podcast with Don Jr. and that podcast podcast didn't get taken out. You know why? Because they had the uh guy that killed Osama bin Laden was on it with them. That right. I, I I almost put that's that's like the reason why they take it out. But it's like you can't on these platforms you can't say anything. Like this podcast, shoot, this episode might get taken out they put sure, on YouTube. If they decide to. You know? If they hear Trump or Republicans or Dem- any government, any politics stuff, when when we, when we talk about censorship, we're witnessing it now in America. Yep. It's just a different way. Your freedom of speech is gone. It's gone. It, it's been and it's gone. Some 20 and it's some 20-year-old tech back. guy sitting in a room and he goes, uh, and he's, he was messing with Trump. Whoever did it was a screw him. Yeah. Like, oh, take it down? Yeah, we will take it down. Yep. No matter what you said. Yep. We'll just take it down. We'll hurt you. That's where we're at. So censorship is real. Yeah. It is real in this country. I don't even know how you can't, because even if you call out the the media and stuff, it's not going to work. You yeah, know? they're it's more just, powerful than the government. Right. Literally. <laughs> Anything. It's like whatever the media says goes. Right. More than what it's political it's, people say. It's only a scandal if they decide it is. Yep. They only cover something if they decide it's, it's worth to them helping their political persuasions. So censorship is real. Well, and, last, it's, and it's vast. Last thing. Chris Wallace goes to CNN. Love Chris Wallace. And is ne- so awesome, right? Cool for CNN. You know what they do with them? They make it that you have to sign up for CNN Plus to watch and listen to Chris Wallace talk on his shows. So you have to now pay to watch Chris Wallace. And they, and they it's almost like, uh, what is it, like Paramount Plus and Amazon yeah, Prime, yeah, like yeah. stuff like that. First of all, who is going to pay for news? Right. Okay. Newspapers, right. got it. News on your phone that'll come out within the next fifteen minutes. I'm good. Well, if you've ever watched Chris Wall, what they're betting on is people are hungry for his style of interviewing, and and believe me, he holds everybody's feet to the fire. And they're betting that people want to see that. So, yeah. wow, there's some. And they bring him to CNN, who's yeah. a lot of people say is a far left. They they have they've become they they got more problems than their political political ideology by the way yeah they got all kinds of internal problems. so it's like how, how Chris Wallace was transitioning over there when that all blew up so he's probably thinking oh what the hell yeah walking into this but he's such a good he's been doing this so long he's seen it all he'll go do his show and not worry about everybody else's CNN but if you want to get there are some real broadcast journalists left there's a there's a bunch of them you just got to find them Chris Wallace is one of them he's one of now he pisses both sides off. Because he'll he'll ask the tough questions. We only have he, a couple so. of minutes, but real quick, remember when we were on the podcast last and I told you with the Ravens, Antonio Brown coming over, he talked with Lamar Jackson and Harbaugh, and I guarantee you, in a couple months, 
He'll be on over here. Unfortunately, yeah, he will be with us. A talent, but, but he's it never works out. He never. always somehow implodes. Yep. But well, we had uh, if we had waited two more days, like the rest of the NFL, we probably could. I'm talking about Washington now. Yeah. For those who don't know, I'm a Commanders fan. Yeah. Commanders. Nice name. Um, could have got to Sean Watson. Uh, All we had to yeah. do was wait to see if they were going to bring criminal charges against him. Which they didn't. Which they didn't. And if we had just waited two more days, another blunder by the Washington organization, we could have got a much better quarterback. Yep. So. It doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. They, they never, I'm not a huge Carson Wentz fan. He's better than what we have. I'm not saying he's horrible. But I would have been much more excited to have Deshaun Watson. And I don't care if he's a choir boy or not. I uh, want a quarterback. When that draft comes around, I'm sorry. If we – if. If the Ravens do not get was it Jordan Davis from uh, Georgia, I'm talking was he six eight? Yeah, you're going. That kid is like if you put Aaron Donald, Nadonna McSue in his prime, and JJ Watt in one. <laughs> That's a pretty good combination. Watch out. Where is he from? Uh, Georgia. All right, <clears throat> defensive tackle, and then that guy from Oregon, uh, Jay Jalon Thabonics or whatever his last name is. He's Big tall guy, uh, outside linebacker, or yeah, whatever. Number five. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. That, there's a lot of defensive talent though. But um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. Great podcast. Appreciate We're not gonna you. have any lack of topics for the future. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, no. Uh, episode twenty three. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.